Hey, kitties, gather round. The man with the goodies is here. Here's a little beauty for me to Udy. Just inhale and sniff at his aeroplane glue. Oh, one whiff, man. Are Isn't you... it true that sniffing glue can damage your liver and kidneys? Cool it, kid. Look here. Amphetamines, bennies, dexies, meth. They say amphetamines can cause something like schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. In most cases, it does not last. Cool it, kid. Now for the barbs. Neato, nice, easy down at us. Withdrawal from barbiturates can cause convulsions. Well, you can pulse yourself out of here. Grass. Anything wrong with pot? They're not sure yet. They just started studying about it. Worry wart. Dig, everybody. L. S.D. Bad trips and a chance of chromosome damage. How do you know you got Everything you got there can hurt you, can't it? Sure, kid. Why do you think they call it dope? Nah. Hey, where's everybody going? <laughs> Listen, living, listening to Synchronon. Second run. Yes. You listen to the sick and wrong. The sick and wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. God, what a bunch of scumbags. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial <clears throat> commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Kyle Harrison. Harrison, did you get that from... Uh, I think I think you using that term is kind of inspiring all these uh, alt right Nazis to come to our Facebook. I don't. Page. I think that's a coincidence. I, I think that's what's happening. No, now they all got banned from YouTube and shit. And then all of a sudden they're like they need. They're like refugees. They're like Syrian refugees on now, the internet. Now that you're using this yeah. as your new introduction, as Heil Harrison, they don't like me. So why that doesn't make any sense? It's attracted this element mm. on our Facebook page. No, it's they, not it me. It got to, it got to this like feverish point where Harrison actually had a white knight and address yeah. them all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was, yeah, I mean, I was like, there's some, I'm like, there's some common denominator with these people, but I do not see what it is. And I was like, I, I mean, listening to all these people, I don't know where they're really goring with this. And they're just a bore, man. Well, you know the I mean? thing is with me, it's like, you know, you whatever. Nothing, I mean, nothing, you guys, all the alt-right people find their alt-right memes hilarious. You know, they find them really funny. And yeah. uh, they and so why not just go make a Facebook page and you guys could have a big circle jerk and you could share your transphobic, Islamophobic, anti-women memes there and everybody will love it and you could jack each other off. Whatever. Look, we're not going to turn away people. No. We need, we need all the fucking people we can get. I don't me. mind offensive memes. In fact, yeah. in fact, yeah. I, I appreciate them. It's just as long yeah. as they're funny. They got to be funny. They got to be funny. And not preachy because the shit is, my God, uh, it's fucking preachy, you know? The fucking POL memes. It's just like, I don't yeah. mind a funny political meme, but what's pol? You know, the, that's oh, what oh. it's called, like slash pol. Okay, it's like those memes. Yeah, you're walking a fine line with their with those memes, buddy. Yeah, it's like because it's like oh, but it's like it's like a, it's like a, one of those political cartoons where it's like you know. The LGBT is this, uh, you know, giant sloth, and then the leaf is American media, and it's like, what does that even I, mean? I don't even. It's not understand. a joke. 
Well, did yeah. you see one of the memes on the page was like a black guy chained to a bed and there, some guy had a book that said, and he's had LGBT and the book was biology textbook and he's yeah. like, no, and it's like, read, ninja, read. And I was like, that's not funny. None of it makes any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not funny. So, and yeah. I don't like to mod anything. I don't like right. to moderate. I don't like to delete things. I don't like to block people because I won't do that. Yeah. But just post funny shit right. is all I'm asking you to do. Yeah, I mean, bu- I mean, believe me, guys, you know, we can identify because it's like, if there's one thing in my daily life that I, that really gets me down, it's constantly being oppressed by homosexual culture. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. It's, you know, it's, it it's bothers so oppressive. Me so much. It's really hurts. Well, the one hurtful. thing that uh, I... I I think the biggest, well, I don't, you know what I think it is? I think yeah. it's like pure psychology mm. here. It's like these guys are so anti-trans people yeah. because they really want to have sex with a trans woman. I see. It's either they re- yeah. either really want to have sex with a trans woman or that's their biggest fear. Yeah. Like, don't watch fucking RuPaul's Drag Race. Don't TiVo that if you just don't want to. Just go do it. You know? What the, you know? Just it's, whatever. God, My God. I just, but the know? memes are, they're all, the memes are all the same and they're not funny. Right. So post like, let's get back to funny. Let's make the sick and wrong Facebook page great again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, your, look, your I, response was hilarious yeah. though. I'll give okay. you that. Well, look, that guy, he's all right. And well, he's not all right, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> if this entire thing was in reference to the Mothman prophecies, yeah. I'd be a little upset. But but he but you but know, at the I'll, same time I do appreciate new members joining mm-hmm. up and coming on and just just post funny shit. That's all we ask. Yeah yeah, just funny. Come on, not preachy, not yeah. preachy. Because if you get preachy, it's not funny. Right? Speaking of preachy, yeah, we're gonna talk about a church. Okay, that's what we're talking about today. Church, church of Synanon. Take me to church. You ever have you ever heard of this? I was surprised you weren't more familiar with this topic. I wasn't. Yeah, yeah this. Uh, Church of Synanon is yeah. a sober utopia. It's basically started out as a rehab, then it became sober this, living. Well, no, it became this yeah. rehab, and then it became a cult, and then yeah. it became like yeah. Well, it became a cult, and then it was supposed to be a utopia, like a movement. Because right. you know how, like in the seventies, we kind of touched on this last week. The seventies was the heyday for Los Angeles cults. Oh sure, yeah. And I think part of it was people at the time just I don't know were, were more like suggestive I guess then and, and accepting of like we're changing our lifestyle and there are a bunch of cults well then like, there, was, there was a big period of idealism then there was like Watergate and a big period of like oh but I think so they're the like hippies, looking though, at anything, you know you know like in the late 60s it became mm. like we're into healing and self-healing yeah, 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 and the yeah. new age prophecies and like really focusing on ourselves I mean my parents were into that shit mm. my dad had all these like self-help books and you know, they went to like marriage seminars and love love retreats and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this kind of falls in the same uh, the same realm. However, mm. it's a a cult. It became a cult, a very violent cult. In fact, people say it's one of the most dangerous and violent cults that America's ever seen. But it started out as a benign rehab facility. Hmm. So um, we'll talk about it. You can give me uh, your input as to. How that how these treatments would hold up in today's rehabs, being that you're no stranger to that. Sure, yeah. Um, so the 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 Synanon organization and it's S Y N A N O N. So Synanon. I was reading about it. It really doesn't sound that different from today's. You know. Well, I yeah. don't know. Did they? Because do the there's game? like the guy, like the there's like a whole weird cult with like. 
What was the guy who did celebrity rehab with Dr. Drew and he was in some shitty band like Dinosaur Jr. or something? Or Wasn't like that CC on that? Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Or <laughs> Wasn't CC DeVille on uh Let's no, no, no. he wasn't a. Um, he wasn't a contestant. He wasn't a contestant. He was one of the like people or that patient, ran it. Not contestant. Yeah, he was one of the people that ran it. No contestant. You were right. <laughs> um, one of the people that ran it. You know, he was in some shitty '90s band, and then he got sober. And he runs like Live. he runs like a fucking bunch of rehabs. Well, rehabs are kind of cultish. Yeah, they are. In general. I mean, it's either religion. Is, aren't a lot of them like you know God based? It's a scam. Like, well, yeah, based. and it's all a scam. It's but such a but scam. most other cults, not all a scam. But well, that's the thing. It's you know, it's I think yeah. you're embracing another philosophy to cure you of a detrimental philosophy, right? Or detrimental practice, right? And that's kind of what this guy's doing. Oh yeah, this guy's coming in and just exploiting addicted minds, right? So the Synanon organization, yeah. which was initially a drug rehab program, was founded yeah. by Charles E. Chuck Dederich. Um, and this happened in 1958 in Bob Santa Monica. Bob is the guy I'm thinking of. What, what band was he in? He was in Thelonious Monster and the Bicycle Thief, apparently. I've never heard of that. Okay. I've never heard of that. <laughs> the pants. Um, so in this, by the 60s, yeah. after it started, it became an alternative community, which were very popular back then. These yeah. alternative, like, hippie communes. Okay. It became an alternative community, attracting people with its emphasis on living a self-examined life and group t- truth-telling sessions. Uh, then it became the Church of Synanon in the 70s and disbanded permanently in 1991. So not even that mm. long ago. Did many criminal activities, including attempted murder, legal problems, uh, lost its tax-free status. Mm. And it, yeah, and it's known as one of the most violent cults that America has ever seen. And in fact, here's a little weird uh, factoid. In 1970, George Lucas needed dozens of actors with shaved heads for his sci-fi dystopian flick, uh, THX 1138. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he had trouble finding roles because mm. most actresses wouldn't cut their hair. And uh, so he, went to, he found all the extras he needed at the Synanon community because mm. everybody cut their hair, like shaved their heads there and wore overalls. That was what they did. Yeah. Just a weird cult, this thing. Okay. So a little bit of background here. Um, so Dederich was from the Midwest. Uh, he was like born in 1913. Uh, his father uh, was an alcoholic who died in a car accident when he was four. Grew up very religious. Ended oh, yeah. up reading H.G. Wells' The Outline of History. And that's what oh. turned him into a militant atheist. Oh, okay. It's kind of funny. Um <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, you know, you, he, he read H.G. Wells' The Time Machine and then became a big fan of Fraggle Rock or something. I don't know. No, it, yeah, it's, okay. it's the, uh, the Outline of History. Good times. Which I've never read that one. Have you read that one? No. I've never read that either. It sounds stupid. You'll become a militant atheist. I already am. <laughs> or, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not You're a not militant. Because militant atheists are really annoying. They're almost as preachy as like evangelical yeah, Christians. They're just like, you know? Ugh, just please. But anyway, please? Dederich yeah. started drinking. He had the genes. And he became a, uh, you know, a, a, uh, a chronic alcoholic. He was a college dropout, right. a drunk, bounced from job to job, married, divorced, married again. Uh, he ended up moving the family out to Santa Monica mm. when around 40. This is his second marriage is falling mm. apart. And then uh, he walked into, just randomly, into a, a meeting of Alcoholic Anonymous. Mm. And partway through, he got up on the podium, shared mm. with the group the first time, and everybody listened. They, lo- they laughed, mm. they applauded, and uh, he said he was hooked mm. after that. And then he just showed up 
almost every night, every other night, just to go and speak. And that's the thing. He was admired mm. as a speaker at these AA meetings, which mm. are, are there standouts that people look forward to? Like, did you ever have that? Your NAA AA meetings are like, oh, that guy's here again. This is awesome. Um, I There have been speakers that are good, but it's like pretty rare. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe and that's it's like, why he how was many a stories can you hear about the like, oh, and then I was went to jail and whatever. And it's like, all right, you know. And this guy would speak all night unless okay. they stopped him. And it was really okay. popular. Maybe he's just a brilliant orator. And yeah, all right. You know? Um, but it was at the time, though, they're, like NA had just started. Right. Very disorganized. And anyone suffering from addictions other than alcohol weren't allowed to go to AA meetings. Hmm. So, you know, people that were heroin addicts or, you know, pills or whatever, you had nowhere to go. I would usually at, at those time. meetings when somebody says like, oh, it's a really good speaker. That just means it's like more entertaining than watching like a homeless guy hum the Crash Test Dummies song. <laughs> Generally. I just picture like yeah. just these sad, monotone, rambling narratives. Hmm. It's like, great. Got to yeah. hear this again. Um so this guy, and this is the weird thing about Dederich, he had a life-changing exper experience. Like this is what kind of after he went to AA, he went to uh, UCLA, and this is in 19, uh, actually no, this is around uh, like late 50s, mid 50s. Yeah. He, he did a, UCL, a UCLA testing, a, a, a practice test or like an experiment for LSD as a cure for alcoholism. And he signed up as a subject. Okay. And uh, he said that this was the most important single experience in his entire life. Hmm. He credited LSD as unlocking a newfound confidence. And he said after that experiment, he walked out as a different person. Truly a different oh, person. Right. He's like, everything that's happened to me since, Synanon, everything dates from that point when he took LSD. And, he ne and that's the thing. He never stopped taking LSD. Even though he was in like a re rehabilitation program, it was all based on LSD as a form of therapy. Mm-hmm. Which is very odd. So me. that's probably why he founded his own thing. Kind of. I mean... Because I feel like if you do that and then you keep going to like NA and AA, they'll figure it out somehow. You know? Well, and then they're, they're like, not gonna, and then they're they gonna look down like, on you, you and it's a whole thing. You can't do drugs. That's the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. deal here. Yeah. Um, but I guess NA was just very disorganized mm -hmm. in the 50s. And so in 58, he just Well, said, NA in the 50s was like, they were like in hiding... Because that was back when, like, you know, they had cops that could be like, let me see your arms. You're a junkie. We're taking you in. You this, got black beauties. This guy's a communist. He's yeah. reading a book. Let's take him to prison. You know, so yeah. there was like, it was very much like you'd have to be like, a friend of mine was on the drugs for years. It wasn't me. Oh, my God, a police raid. So, <laughs> and yeah. So I think that's, I think that's why yeah. NA was so mm. disorganized compared mm. to AA, mm. which is much more official at the time. Yeah. And so he decided to form his mm. own group. He called it the Tender Loving Care Club. <laughs> the TLC or the, the Club. TLC Appreciation Society. And so uh, everybody would get yeah. and He welcomed everybody. You could be a heroin addict. You could be, you know, a, a pill popper, whatever. Alcoholic, just Did come Lisa to Lisa Lefty Lopez, get my flowers. <laughs> but Did what, she? And they would all yeah. sit around and they would talk. But the session started changing. Mm. From one day, a, a young heroin addict named Whitey Walker. Fresh out of prison, joined the group. And he began inviting other dope fiends to the mix. And the language grew coarser. Mm. And the talk grew more aggressive. Dederich loved it. He started calling the session Synanons, which is kind of a portmanteau of symposium or seminar and anonymous. 
Other right. people say it's a uh, a combination of sin, which means togetherness, and unknown, which means anon. But he called these sessions where everybody's rapping intensely, yeah. sin anons. Yeah. And uh, yeah, rap he, with me, brother. He provided couches for people to crash on. This is in his yeah. apartment, mm. so that they could kick heroin. And he came to believe that addicts weren't full-fledged adults and therefore shouldn't be treated as adults. And he had all the young addicts call him dad. So, it, yeah, it, this is where it's, I think it's taking a bit of an ominous turn right. here. And so I have a clip. Do you have the clips uh, lined up? The, the first clip yeah. of him, this is, this is a picture of him just uh, sitting there at a chalkboard. And th they revered this guy. Hmm. I mean, they, uh, and, th and in the beginning, I mean, he was like a drug rehab guru. Right. No one, no one did these uh, creative, innovative approaches that, that, that he uh Right from the beginning? Yeah, let's play for the beginning. Okay. Let's play a little bit of it. All right. It's a weird-looking dude. We have trucks and land and buildings, and, uh, and we got to get food and, uh, and so on. He's 52 years old. He's deaf in one ear. Uh, he's an egomaniac. But that's Dederich. Yeah. One of the wisest persons that I've ever met in my life. <laughs> he knows how to get people moving. He looks like retarded Ralph Cramden from The Honeymooners. Kind of like you reminds me of John Goodman, but like right. with a stroke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he had like a fatal, a near fatal bout of meningitis, which oh. affected his face. property, unless he has the express permission of Charles Dederich, Chairman Sinanon. You can say nothing. Oh my God! Well, now they're dancing. Yeah, yeah. No, it became a big okay. thing. Yeah. So that's the thing. This guy focused okay. on the marginalized groups of society yeah. that most institutions want nothing to do with. Mm. He's the one that coined the phrase "today is the first day for the re of the rest of your life." Mm. Like they they credit him for uh, coining that. And that's the thing. He believed tough love was necessary. So mm. <clears throat> part of his thing is he like made a group where people could come. It's like, and Sinanon was a new way of living, as important mm. to its members as any uh, major religion. He was forming his own you know, utopia through this rehab. And that's the weird thing. This is where the dark side started, started emerging from all this. Mm -hmm. So part of the thing that he would do is that the when he, dark side. he had a brutal form of therapy mm. called the game. Right. Yeah. And the game was the most important method of treatment at Synodon. So when it came to getting addicts clean, they rejected any form of pharmaceuticals or, ta or tapering of any drugs. Everybody had to quit cold turkey. Junkies were left on a couch to writhe and vomit for days while they went through withdrawal. Like, there's no methadone. Oh. It was just like, you're on a couch, you're barfing it out till you're done. Well, everybody's done that. You well, know what I mean? Yeah, but don't you go to a rehab so you can get on methadone or what's the other stuff? I mean, stuff? I've done Noxidol cold turkey, man. I've done cold turkey plenty of times. But if you're paying to go, or go into a facility, oh. or do you want to quit It depends on what it is. If it's now, sure. If it's the 70s, they're like, fuck you. Well, that's, that's Here's a room. Was, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's the know. 60s. It's like I mean, you're that's on a couch. When the, when the guy from Three Dog Night went to cry help, that's what they did. They're just like, here's a room, idiot. Just get through it. Yeah. So. Well, the game was the medicine administered later. So after you've detoxed, that's when you did the game. And it was kind of a mm. group therapy that it was invented by Dederich, where people sat in a circle and they just shouted their frustrations at each other. It was a confrontational approach just to hash everything out that bothered you and about others in the group. And it was supposed to like help you know, help you learn about yourself as well. You know? And you didn't even have to like 
you know, be factual or truthful. Like you could lie, it didn't really matter. And lying was many, you know, one of the many strategies of the game. And this took off. I mean, in, uh, in Los Angeles, every Saturday night, sitting on through a huge party, open the public with a jazz band. People were like, it's the biggest thing in LA. And so people were like, yeah, we're going to the game. And everyone's sitting in a circle and shout out their secrets, their dishonesties, their hypocrisies. And the, the thing is, the game would start often with a question like, the most boring person in the circle is, and you would just shout it out. Okay, yeah. yeah. Or what really pissed you off the most this week? And that, that's, you know, people found it uh, constructive yeah. to do this. Which, I mean, don't you guys have group therapy sessions now in rehab? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But is it like this? Are you, about, are you allowed to be combative? I, I've done that in, uh, not that, but in the Hoffman process, which is like the weird thing where I met Fogler. And uh, it, it's like you do a thing at one point where you're like, you talk about like your, not projections, transference. Oh, transference. Which yeah, where you like confront person. somebody in the group because it's like you did this thing and it caused transference for me or whatever. But it's not that like you don't yell at you. Know, but you're just, not like doing like ad hominem attacks, like personal attacks, like no. yelling. That's no, kind but, of what but this it can be angry. It's like you were a dick. And Do people I, cry. And my dad was a dick. And what people were always crying. <laughs> always. <laughs> That's kind of what rehab. Isn't that what therapy's all about? You just gotta cry. It was like cry it, it was out. like the weird primal scream John Lennon fucking shit where everybody's hitting hitting like t pillows with fucking wiffle ball bats going daddy <laughs> you know so that sounds like you know it might have evolved that didn't this. do it to me i had to like just punch a, a redwood tree outside until my pans were just covered in blood that you like, transfer into the, the tree the whist the, the wiffle ball bats and the pillows just wasn't that's i'm like this isn't enough it's gotta be this bloody. enough for me yeah so what uh, he eventually, he eventually grew out of his apartment because more and more people started joining up with the Synanon group here for these sessions. So they got a facility in Santa Monica. But as you can imagine, which is kind of similar to L.A. now, it's like people in Santa Monica weren't very excited about having a drug rehab full of junkies in their neighborhood. It's well, man, it's all Malibu is now. Half of Malibu is that shit, you know? Yeah, but you know how, like, uh, here they're trying to fi figure out what to do about this homeless situation that right. we have going on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, it's, I mean, it's an epidemic now. Yeah. I mean, there's thousands of people living in tents on the street and getting typhus and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, well, we're going to build a facility in Island Park. And then everybody's like, fuck, no, you're not building a homeless, uh, you know, facility in our neighborhood or oh, K-Town. You, you haven't gotten typhus yet? No, oh, you yet. really should try Soon. it. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I heard it feels you got to do it. It's great on the head. But anyway, everybody doesn't want like a you know a, a homeless uh, complex next to like in their neighborhood. So it's kind of similar to this. It's like, what do you do with the junkies? Well, so Sinan members faced harassment in the beginning, but then uh, and even uh, they even were trying to shut down for zoning violations. But Diedrich spent like over a month in jail to fight that, and kind of came out a martyr. Like he achieved martyr status from going to jail for the cause. And so it just it, it took off. I mean, it just kind of was a boon for the group. And by the 60s, it became like a fashionable, like Hollywood hangout thing. Right. They had guest speakers, uh, including Rod Serling, uh, Ray Bradbury. Hmm. Uh, the original host of The Tonight Show, Steve <laughs> Allen, would come by. Uh, other visitors Rod included Serling. Leonard Nimoy, yeah. Jane Fonda, Milton Berle. Yeah. Uh, they would just come over just to check it out. And they had like cool parties with like jazz musicians. You know, Rod Serling actually spoke 
like he does in those intros to the Twilight Zone. Like that was his, like his cadence. That's actually how he talked. Like I was, because I, I wrote something with him and everything. So I was watching all these interviews with him on TV. And instead of saying like, over the next three years, I had this and this happen to me in my career. He goes, in the ensuing years, which were three in number, <laughs> that's actually how he says shit. And it's but like, do you think that's how we like would talk when he was having sex? Yes. Do you think he's having sex with his wife? In the ensuing orgasms will be three in number. Oh yeah, you know At this yeah. is the Twilight Zone. Mm. Um, but not only just uh, Hollywood's mm. elite, you know, musicians. Mm. They had a uh, Tim Leary checked it out. Uh, futurist mm. Buckminster Fuller <laughs> and okay. uh, Caesar Chavez, mm. but also like uh, Senator Thomas Dodd, like politicians. Yeah. Uh, Governor Jerry Brown. Uh, Caesar Romero, really young. who played the Joker. Yeah, I mean, Citadon like, started things. achieving legitimacy. Right. And he claimed, Dederich claimed, that recovery mm. rates were anywhere from 80 to 100%. Hmm. But there's no real record on that. No, there's It's not. also tough to even uh, yeah. you know, judge rehabilitation rates when your founder is saying that there is no such thing <laughs> as rehabilitation. Staying in the organization is the true path. Uh, always, it always it's is. Always it? is. Yeah. Uh, so at this point, as the as the organization was growing, mm. I mean, they were getting a lot of money, a lot of donations. They bought land in Marin. Yeah. Like in uh, around the mid sixties, uh, they had three sites in Marin County. I mean, you know how much money that land is worth. Um, and then the, the, this is what blew them blew them out of the water here was uh, and, and boosted public awareness. A Hollywood movie mm. called Synanon. The film starred uh, Edmund O'Brien as Dederich. They even filmed on location in Santa Monica with the full cooperation of the uh, Sinon organization. I have a clip here with Eartha Kitt. Um, this is pretty funny. This is basically celebrity rehab, this right. uh, Sinanon Oh, movie. it's like, okay, yeah. It's like a bunch of guys living in a house, having sex with each Proto other. Proto-celebrity rehab. Like, yeah. I didn't, I didn't! Betty bought her kicks the hard Eartha way. Kitt. Ooh. Two bucks at a time. I was what they call... A swinger. A swinger. A swinger. I did nothing but get high. <laughs> and sold myself. She's so high. And there, there, nobody could see it now, but there's like a bunch of fucking white guys from the 50s standing behind her with suits on, and they're all like 50. <laughs> just watching her, and it's, it's weird. I was a swinger. To pay for it. Although, you know what? They're probably not 50. They're probably 20. Yeah, but they, they that dress was like, like that. Yeah. I mean, in the, it just, no, just because even in the 80s, people who were like 30 looked 50. Well, it's funny so, looking you at know. young pictures of my dad. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. looked like he was like 50. Yeah, yeah. Dope fiends. We're only the damned one in and only the desperate want out. You love Zanky? Yes. What is this, a movie about it? It's or? a whole movie about Synodon. It's called Synodon. Was it made by them? No, it was made by uh, Hollywood, but with their cooperation. Oh. Is it Anthony Cole? Who is that? Uh, Anthony Cole. Oh. Dope fiends scream the truth. <laughs> That's what celebrity rehab was, together. wasn't it? Yeah, like yeah. Dr. Drew's. It's like they all yeah. lived in a house and they fought each other right. and they had sex. Yes. That's pretty much what this movie is. Synanon. Mm. That Eartha kid, though, so hot. Um, so by 67, they had so much money, they purchased a palatial new building in Santa Monica called Club Casa del Mar. It was like a hotel in 1926. Mm. And they built this. It was like their big, massive facility. And now it's a hotel again, which is kind of odd. 
Uh, but Dedrich at that time, he left uh, Southern Cal and he moved up to Tamales Bay in the Marin area. And at that point, they had already, this is probably like mid-70s, they had, or, they had acquired over 2,000 acres yeah. in Tulare County, which just got insane that they could buy up that much. Uh, the weird thing about uh, Synodon, the reason why they grew so fast, is they were attracting non-addicts as well. Okay. Because it became like a lifestyle thing. They like they brought in their mission, not only just include addicts, they had non-addicts who Synodon called squares. So squares could join up too. To do what? To uh, look at their, you know, try to, to, to remedy their alienation and delinquency. Okay, or bang. Self-help or bang like... Bang uh, dopers. <laughs> dope you know? fiends. Yeah. And their uh, ranks were swelling. Like in 1958, they just had 40 junkies in a rundown building. Now they had eight over 800 members up in Santa Monica. True believers shaved their heads, wore overalls, and they lived together at compounds with an almost like, you know, slavish obedience to Dederich. Which you is kind of crazy. I feel like I want to shave my head because I'm sweating like a pig man in church right now. <laughs> I tell you. Jesus. It's not even that hot in here. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so hot. Dude, are you in like menopause or something? I might be because I feel like, like I'm, I'm going to have like I don't even feel that stroke. bad. Oh, my God. It's um, like the headphones and the everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think you're in menopause. Again, mood swings, hot flashes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on over there. <sighs> So it was around this point when he moved to Tamales Bay that he declared that there's no graduation through rehab. Addicts who kicked their addiction would not graduate to life outside. There is no life outside Synanon. You're in the program forever, like forever. Yeah. And uh, he rebranded it to like a, from a drug treatment program to a psychotherapy program. Yeah. And that's what kind of started attracting like middle class people. Because that's the thing in the 70s. It's like these human potential movements like uh, Isolan or cults like People's Temple mm. or Divine Light Mission. It was like all these cults to try to help yourself become a better person. And that's kind of what he sold these people. Okay. Snake oil salesman, this guy. But listen, this Divine one. Light Mission didn't they open for them crooked vultures? Possibly. Okay. Yeah. And they, they, might, they might have been right. Um, mm. In 1968, Synanon was roughly bringing in around 1.2 million dollars. Right. By '76, it was grossing 8.7 million dollars with estimated assets of over 30 mil. Okay. And that's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money for a, what started out as just a small rehab. So the first phase was curing addiction. Mm. Second phase, utopian community where everyone's shaving their heads. But now it's, it's pretty much just making money. And that's all he really, they really cared about. Mm. But the weird thing about this, and this is very cultish, uh, is the way they dealt with children. Like oh cults, that's the thing with cults. It's like, oh boy. Well, children, are, it's kind of like, okay, mm. we need to disintegrate family units here. Because once you're a family unit, the cult's not the most important thing. Your yeah. child is. Right. So it's always kind of a conundrum for like David Koresh and Jim Jones and all that. So what do you do with kids? Yeah. Well, what you do is you raise kids communally. So there's no uh, distinct mother and father. And that's like a common, common practice, though, throughout yeah, like utopian that. communities. That's a good idea. You know? Yeah. And so parents had restricted access to their kids after the kids reached the age of six to nine months. What's better than having two parents? Having a hundred and two parents. A commune of shaved head parents. Yeah. That's what you want. Uh Psycho cult members. So by the end of the 60s, you could only see their kids like maybe once a week, even if you wanted to see them more. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of parents were a little upset about this. And then Dieterich was like, you know what? 
all kids are moving mm. to a single site in Marin, mm. and you can only see them once a month. So a lot of parents, uh, they immediately left, you know, left the organization. You were allowed to leave. It was fine. Um, he was also, in the, at this point, doing a lot of LSD. And that's the thing. Synanon was a drug-free environment, alcohol-free environment, except for aspirin, caffeine, and nicotine, obviously. But LSD is something that he always credited as a, as a form of self-improvement. Right. And uh, It yeah. is until it isn't, you know. Well, that was, that was the thing. Uh, they say that this, this one guy here, this uh, uh, admirer who profiled the group, said Dederich was not affected by LSD as most normal people are. All right. He was an atypical patient. He yeah. experienced no regression, no hallucinations. He was just, he acted like completely normal. It was almost like his normal traits appeared in a sort of a caricature. He was stronger than the hallucinogen, which, okay. I don't know. Was LSD, like, more potent back then? Don't they say that? Uh, yeah, uh, it like depends. Like in the 60s, like the, the Timothy Leary stuff? It depends. I mean, I, I don't think it was more potent. I think they just gave people more. Oh, so you just had a yeah. larger quantity. Yeah, because you'd take a sugar cube and it would probably have like fucking five hits in it or something. Rather know? than just like a little yeah, yeah, piece yeah. of paper, you know? Because they didn't know. You know? Um, in 70, Dieters, in 1970, Dieters decided that he's quitting smoking. Everybody is quitting smoking. <sighs> so he banned smoking at the entire uh, venue. So like you know who else does that? Nobody could do that. Everybody. What, Everybody. No, everybody's like, I'm quitting smoking. So... I'm going to just fucking bust yeah, but everybody it, else's balls about smoking. Well, isn't it bullshit, though, that if you're in a, a, a fucking rehab, is it, isn't, like, smoking, like, your your crutch? Yes. Like, yes, your, your means of sanity? Yeah. So it's kind of, uh, I mean, at this point, this dude's just, he's a megalomaniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just doing it to control people. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, uh, you know, this top-down control over the lives of Sinonites was common. Okay. And uh, I think that's what, what caused it to become very violent. Like Diederich, Diederich would act on impulse and then rationalize his behavior and then claim that was the plan all along. Very similar behavior to a certain president that we know. Right. You know, if you think president about it. William Taft, William Howard Taft. Possibly. Is that it? Was that his name? Taft. William Howard Ta Taft. I think it was William Howard Taft. I'm talking about William <laughs> Howard Taft. <laughs> Shut your mouth. A pivotal moment, though. This uh -huh. is kind of a watershed moment here. Yeah. Uh, was, when, um, was when his wife died. Isn't that that novel about rabbits or something? Oh, a Watership Down? Oh, okay. <laughs> is that what you're talking about here? I thought that's what you were talking about. I'm like, why are you bringing that into this? No, I'm saying right. a water... No, okay. you're thinking Watership Down okay. is completely different. This is our Watership Down moment. A Watershed moment. Okay, this is right. a turning point is when his wife died. She died of lung cancer in 77. Mm. And she kind of tempered him. Like, she kind of, like, controlled some of his... Or dialed back, I would say, some of his megalomaniacal te tendencies here. But Did the rabbits pilot some kind of watership in that book? I never read it. You never read Watership Down? No. You should watch the movie. It's a very moving Do film. Do they have a watership no that they pilot? No, it's like Watership oh. was like the, you know, the rabbit warren or whatever that they lived in. Oh, I'm not interested watership in that. Watership Down. No, it's a, it's a, it's a right. brilliant film. Great yeah. book, too. You, know, you didn't read that when you were a kid? That's weird. No one ever gave it to me. Well, you went to like a special school, right? Well, in high school, yeah. you know. But a, no, no one ever was never I mean, on the it's list. It's like a high school book. Never on the list. 
Um, so after his wife died, yeah, he really kind of took that. He became full on megalomaniac. I mean, okay. he was he uh, banned smoking. He split up couples. Like he's he adopted a policy where nobody could be in a marriage. Mm. So he split up everybody that was married. Okay. Six hundred couples, even his own daughter. And he started getting like really weird and militant and strange. Right. It was around this time too that uh, he was uh, he was getting like concerned because being that they weren't a, uh, a drug treatment program, they lost their nonprofit status, so they were paying a lot in taxes. So then he tried to form the Church of Synanon as a religion mm. to be tax exempt, right. but the IRS never officially recognized them as like a tax exempt oh. religion. But they, uh, I, I guess, they, they didn't pay taxes though for a while though. Um, and so it was around this point that, yeah, he like caused everybody to split up, which is a total cult thing to do, right. which is really weird, you know? And they're still, I mean, they were still making millions of dollars a year. Mm -hmm. I, I read some stat here that one out of five corporations, Fortune 500, were donating to that business to right. sit it on. So yeah. I mean, they had like a lot of money, a lot of money. And so with this money, he was like, well, you know, what we might as well do. Let's build a militia. Because mm. that's the, you know. That makes sense. That's what Colts do. Yeah. You know, they had over $200,000 in firearms. I mean, they were building like a full-on armory. And then people were like, ah, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> Private security force. They formed a paramilitary group called the Imperial Marines. It kind of sounds like a Sea Org here. Paramilitary hang gliders. The Imperial That's Marines that okay. developed their own type of martial arts that they called Sindo. <laughs> I don't know what it I don't know what it does. Yeah. And at this point, by 1978, they had like an arsenal of hundreds of guns. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, people were like, "We're concerned about the rising crime rate." That's what the Sindanon newsletter explained. If trouble should occur, we're prepared to handle it. Oh. And they did. Uh, there's a story that I read about this guy. He was a, an ex-Sinanite who tried to leave the cult once they tried to split up families, took his daughter and leave. His name was uh, Ritter. Um, and he had moved to, uh, out of the Detroit facility, and he sought legal action against the cult. And did he have to um, move in with two female friends and pretend he was gay? John Ritter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I wonder if that, actually, I wonder if that's how Three's, that's three's how Company three's came company out of this. Came out like of that, he was yeah. in a cult, and then he, I think uh, so. Um, but his wife was mm. still in the organization and, and took their child and kept in a facility. So he was suing the organization to get his kid back yeah. for custody. And so what the church did, they sent two bald men that met him in his driveway and they beat him into a coma with mallets. <laughs> <laughs> mallets? Yeah. These, well, like those mallets you, you have to get to like put together Ikea furniture. I thought it was like, yeah, like the kind like, you, uh, you know, that you use at like a carnival. Yeah, yeah. But not okay. like a huge one. Okay. But uh, yeah, like it were tenderized meat or something. That'd be terrifying. Well, it's kind of terrifying that this dude, yeah. you know, I read the story about this guy. He was like getting into his car and two hooded dudes, like mm. guys wearing like a, like a hooded cloak. Two of them met him in the driveway. Yeah. It's around like 6 p.m. at night. And they just pulled out mallets and beat him into I a coma. It. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, so around this point, after Synanon started raising some eyebrows with their paramilitary Say what group, you will about Scientology. They don't do that. They have Sea Org. Yeah. But I mean, they're but not they making don't people just, like, shave show, heads. They show up at your driveway and like, you know, film you and yell things at you, but they don't yeah, beat, they don't you, beat to you to death with mallets. With mallets so. Oh, it gets worse though. Okay. So around this point, you know, the press started you know, kind of rescinding their praise for this group. Because at first, you know, in, this, in the 60s, they're like, oh my God, it's an amazing group that's like, 
you know, there's an 80% success rate in curing addiction. But now oh, yeah. their coverage is getting overwhelmingly negative because people are like, this is kind of a weird cult. Major news networks started reporting on their organization saying that, uh, you know, uh, it's a violent cult. And there's one tiny newspaper called the Point Reyes Light, which won a Pulitzer Prize with their, uh, you know, pursuit of synonym stories here. They had stories on child abuse, wrongful imprisonment, assault, misappropriation of funds. They won a Pulitzer Prize for this. And every journalist there got death threats. And the members of Synanon, like, they didn't take kindly to criticism. Even people at NBC were getting death threats. Um, They tried to sue anybody who wrote a critical article on them. But the most famous incident... And this is pretty amazing. There's a guy, he's the guy that took down Synanon. This guy, he's a, a Los Angeles attorney named Paul Morantz, who successfully represented a young woman who had been held against her will by the cult. And he mm. sued them for like a lot of money. Um, it was around this time that uh, Dederich, there's a rumor, because there are all sorts of like recordings mm. of Dederich. That's what they used against him in court. Um, Dederich is, is heard saying on this recording saying, who's this guy Morantz? Why doesn't someone break his legs? Uh, we're not going to mess with the old time, turn the other cheek religious posture. We're going to, our posture is don't mess with us. You can get killed, dead, physically dead. We either have a good thing here or we don't. If we have a good thing here, then we're not going to permit people like greedy lawyers to destroy it. All right. So this guy at this point, you know, he's kind of gone over the edge. Right. I mean, he's like ordering hits on people. So what they did, this is amazing. Morantz was at his home in the Pacific Palisades just hanging out. And he heard someone at his like little mail slot. He went to go check it out, and they shoved a rattlesnake in his mailbox. What? Yeah, and they'd even removed the rattle, so it's like he wow. didn't even know. Wow! It bit him in the hand. Yeah. And then uh, he like freaked out, like screamed at neighbors, and they like called an ambulance. And he actually ended up saving his life with like anti venom, but. Yeah, two, usually that happens. Usually you're fine. But two guys, a 20 year old and a 20 year old. Although, even if it guy, did have a rattle in my mailbox. How would you know? How would you? Yeah, I'd still open the mailbox. I wouldn't be like, uh oh, that's probably a rattlesnake. But it's just kind of weird that's yeah. like we send two guys with mallets to beat this other dude that yeah. we're going to use the rattlesnake technique. I think one of the images I have, it guy's holding the up the rattlesnake. Of fucking Wiley Coyote. Yeah, I saw that. Did yeah. You, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll post it to I'm the not, page. Yeah, okay. Um, Harrison's in no mood to pull up pictures, people. I'm not, yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> He's in the sauna. I, I had to come here. We, it was a whole thing today, you know? He's we had schmitzing a power, everywhere. I've, I'm, yeah. <laughs> we had, there was a power outage, so then we couldn't do the show, and I had to go home, and then I got home, and then it's like, the power's back on. And now he's back over and here. It's, it's like, fucking Christ. <laughs> we'll get through it, buddy. All Don't right. worry. We'll get through God. it. Um, so they charged two guys with murder here, uh, yeah. 20-year-old Lance Kenton and uh, 28-year-old Joseph Musico. And it turned out that these guys were put up by a Dedrich's assistant to do this, this guy named Walter Lubell. And they had like declarations and a full hit list for the Marines, the Imperial Marine Force, <laughs> of all these enemies. Yeah, that included uh, yeah. Paul Morantz and uh, that Ritter guy that was beaten with a mallet. Yeah. And this one guy, uh, former Synodon president Jack Hurst, they didn't kill him. But they hung his guard dog. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I know. These guys are vicious. Wow. So uh, what ended up happening is they arrested, uh, the, th- you know, they arrested uh, the two guys who pled, you know, pled guilty. And then they came down to uh, Lake Havasu. There's a Lake Havasu sitting on compound where Dederich hid out. And uh, they did a raid on it. And they found him in a stupor, just staring straight ahead with an empty bottle of Shavaz Regal in front of him. 
He was so drunk, they, they couldn't, couldn't even walk. They had to carry him in a stretcher to jail. Was he also on LSD? Probably. Yeah. I mean, this guy was just lost at this point. Yeah. Uh, he pled no contest uh, to conspiracy to commit murder. He was fined 10 grand, sentenced to five years of probation, and he was barred from having any affiliation with Synodon. Right. The other two guys uh, did some jail time, but uh, Dederich got out of it. So he had to mm. step down as leader. Um, and then, uh, you know, here's, here's the, uh, the downfall of the mm. cult here. They're formally stripped of their tax-exempt status or what little tax-exempt status that they had. And then, they, you know, they practically disbanded, except, you know, I was reading here that there is one Synodon branch still functioning in Germany, still in operation. Okay. Which is odd. Yeah. Um, Dederich ended up uh, living the rest of his life in Visalia in a double-wide mobile home. I uh, died of a heart attack. And uh, when he died in 1997, uh, a few weeks shy of his 84th birthday, he was saluted on the floor of, uh, house, of uh, the House of Representatives. Isn't that weird? He was what on the House of Saluted oh. on the floor of the House of Representatives by Bay Area oh. Congressman and future Oakland Mayor Ron Dellums. All right. Which is odd. Sure. But yeah, that's the thing. Why I not? mean, sitting on as evil and as violent and as, as insane as they become, you know, they, they are credited for curing a lot of people of their addictions. Like some yeah. uh, you know, famous uh, jazz celebrities. Uh, they also inspired the creation of successful programs such as the Delancey Street Foundation, which is founded by a former Sennonite. Um, what and, is that? Where you buy trinkets from Hasidic Jews? Is that the foundation? No, it's just another rehab yeah. thing. <laughs> the yeah. Delancey Street. It'd be like the Shlomo Street Foundation. Right. Um, but Sennonite, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it was a pretty violent, mm. crazy cult. But was that the worst mm. one of the 70s? I mean... People's Temple is a little bit worse. You didn't make people drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, but it is one of the more notorious cults. I think that's the thing. What starts off as a good idea yeah. can quickly become, you know, when that, the whole idea of a utopia, which I don't think we have as much anymore. Like, you know, you get together in a commune to form like a perfect existence. Do they do that as much anymore? I guess Heaven's Gate. That was a recent yeah. one. Well, because like, you know, like Scientology before it was under fucking cuckoo mccrazy town cuckoo when, it, when it was town. just h l ron hubbard like l ron hubbard you know granted he did a lot of cash grabs but in property but it would be like he would just like even though he had a ton of money he would stay with people he would always sleep on people's couches he was just he was just didn't a, he have like mansions he was like a mooch he would love to mooch off people <sighs> So he'd be like, like he he didn't like be like I have a militia and everybody's gonna die. It would just be like, hey yeah. man, who who drank the last of the milk? And be like, me, El Ron Hubbard. Yeah, I don't think you he know, was like a megalomaniac. Was he wasn't like a typical thing. cult leader. Although yeah. David Miscavige, though, I've heard he's got a quest for power. No, he's not so. Yeah. Cuckoo. But you can see like what starts yeah. off as this like benign entity can quickly become. You know, a uh, a cruel can quickly become a cruel uh, dystopia. Chupaca mom, and that's exactly what happened here. Right. So it's an interesting story of the Church of Synanon. But um, I don't know, Harrison. You know, maybe it'd be good for you if you go back to rehab to play the game. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, people. Uh, check it out, though. There's we'll like see. documentaries on Church of Synodon, and uh, I'll post some pictures on the site. Uh, this is episode 692 here of Sick and Wrong. Uh, we have some news stories coming up next. And last week, I think I made a shout-out for uh, Patreon promos because uh, I was getting old. You know, our, our Patreon promos we play every week have, have grown stale. 
And so I was like, hey, you know, we got a creative audience. Send in some promos. I got to say thank you. I appreciate everybody submitting stuff. We got, yes. one, got one from Stephen Hawking, Wilfred Brimley, and this one from Schlitzy, which is pretty funny. It's a little long, but it's yeah. kind of funny. Okay. And I think it goes well with the whole rehab uh, introduction. Great. So let's play this uh, Schlitzy Patreon promo. Hey, hey, you. Yeah, you, listener. I'll venture to bet you've been listening to this show for many years. This is Schlitzy, and I want to take a moment to put your life into perspective. When my wife left me, took my kid, sick and wrong was there for me. When my family turned their backs on me and I needed somebody to talk to, sick and wrong was there for me. When I tried killing myself over and over and over and failed, sick and wrong was there for me. When I was out living on the streets, sucking dicks to put a needle full of heroin in my arm, sick and wrong was there for me. And through all this, I still found a way to pay $5 a month to the sick and wrong patron. For just five bucks a month, you can keep these kikes spreading their hate on the interwebs. You'll get one extra news story, show outtakes, tales from failures like me and winners like Jizzy Jake and get to laugh at the mentally ill rotundo like boner villain and much much more go to patreon.com forward slash sick and wrong right now and listen if you aren't going to do that i implore you to spread the word and gospel of sick and wrong to someone you love in your life today so the first story we have here this is this is a confusing one i think there's a lot of meth logic in this one this is gonna yeah, this is going to be tough for That's you. That's why I. Uh, how is that going to be tough for me? It's going to be I, tough I know for you to well. follow. I know it well. Meth well, logic. Okay, you you might know this meth logic, but I mean yeah. this story. It's mm. a very uh, Byzantine narrative. Lots okay, of twists right. and turns. All right, um, just try to keep up with yep. it. Uh, Pamela Hupp to serve life in prison for 2016 murder of mentally disabled man. Gotcha. That's happened in Missouri. Uh, she's going to spend the rest of her life in prison rather than continue fighting a two-and-a-half-year-old murder charge. Uh, she admitted this past Wednesday that prosecutors here have enough evidence to convict her of fatally shooting a mentally disabled man in 2016. And what they say was her attempt to divert a reinvestigation of an even older murder that happened in 2011. This is what's so bizarre about this. A murder happened in 2011 that was never completely solved. I think she was involved with this one. And uh, in order to try to divert that reinvestigation of that old murder, uh-huh. she kills a retarded man <clears throat> to blame him for the murder. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's meth wow. logic. Wow. Meth okay. logic. Yeah. Um, her plea came as part of a deal in which prosecutors agreed to drop their bid for a death penalty. She's going to serve life in prison without parole. Um, you know what she did? She did the Alfred plea. Remember, that's what oh, that sure. Damien Eccles yep. did. Which uh, you admit, you don't admit to the crime, but you plead guilty. Uh, Pamela Hupp entered guilty plea in this bizarre plot. So she didn't to admit kill to a killing a retarded man, but she didn't admit to not killing a retarded man. Yeah. Okay. Well, she admitted guilty to killing someone, yeah. I guess. Right. So she entered a guilty plea in a bizarre alleged plot to kill a man to throw suspicion away from her in another murder case. Okay. It's totally bizarre. Um, the deal is known as an Alfred plea, which means she's guilty, but she doesn't admit guilt. Sure. But it's, the end to, it's an end to a case that began after she shot a 33-year-old man, Rotundo, named Louis Gumpenberger, which is a great name for a Rotundo. <laughs> I'm in the Louis Gumpenberger trio. Yeah. Uh. 
Um, she shot him in 2016 in her O'Fallon, Missouri home while she was on the phone with a 911 dispatcher. And this is the best part of the story and probably the only reason I have the story yeah. is I have the call, okay. which we're not going to play just yet, but we're going to play in a second. Yeah, you um, got to set it up a little I gotta better because I up, barely yeah. know what's going on. So I'll tell you. All right. So Hup told police <sighs> that Louis Gumpenberger jumped into her SUV yeah. and tried to kidnap her at knife point. Okay. But she escaped out of the SUV. He chased her into her house and in self-defense, she shot him. Oh. And she said that the reason Louis Gumpenberger was doing this was it was at the behest of a man named Russell Feria, hmm. who's the husband of the woman who was fatally stabbed in 2011 named Betsy Feria. Oh. So, so Hup here, the woman that's going to jail, is a suspect in the murder of Betsy Feria. Hmm. She tried to pin it on the husband. The husband actually was acquitted and so now they're planning to reinvestigate who actually murdered this woman. <laughs> right. So then she tried to hire, a, well, not even hire, get yeah. a retarded guy or convince a retarded, I don't know, she gave him like a Twizzler or something okay. to get him to like pretend to kidnap her at knife point so she could shoot him and say that the husband hired him to do this. There's so many things that can go... It's, you have to have so many things line up here. Well, I think the, the main like, role... I'm here to kidnap you. I have a knife. I'm holding... That's a bottle of salad dressing, first of all. <laughs> well, the, the first rule yeah. is never get a rotundo to be your accomplice. Right. It's just not going to work out. Maybe yeah. get an ex-con or something, but not a rotundo. Come on. And that's the thing. It's like this guy wasn't just like, you know, he had your developmental disabilities it was like he was a full-on rotundo he had trouble running walking and talking and so you she scripted a whole like die like a whole dialogue for them on this 911 call so that's what's amazing about this it did such a bad call that the police immediately knew it was a lie okay i mean as soon as they heard they as soon as they heard I knew it was a lie well as soon as they heard this 911 mm. call they said the story sounded like it had been cooked up by a middle middle school student they called the whole crime sloppy mm. it's just like it doesn't make any sense i mean first of all they knew gumpenberger because he was like the neighborhood rotundo he was physically and mentally okay. incapable of carrying out the crime and the guy i guess had suffered a traumatic brain injury in like a car crash right. like 10 years ago and like yeah i mean he was a full-on like tundo i mean sure. he could do anything um and then investors discovered that hup had actually brought the knife that she claimed gumpenberger used along with uh, a paper on which the kidnapping note was written for him to read like they found all of this evidence i think i need a rock spider wall to keep track of all yeah. this and she tried to alter her handwriting mm. and the, to make it look like a retarded person's handwriting mm. i mean the, the, the girl's an idiot um, a crime scene investigator also noticed that a ser the serial numbers of four $100 bills that were found in Gumpenberger's pocket were sequential to a bill that investigators found in her dresser. So she actually robbed the guy, too. After shooting him, she took $100. $100? Yeah. Idiot. So How did they know? Well, because they found three bills that were on him, but then she had one bill in, that, in her dresser. She took $100 bill out of the, th out of the four. I don't know why. Okay. And she was just taking all four. They knew how much he had or something. Well, I guess, I don't know. She left three okay. $100 bills in his pocket and she right. took one, which all is right. odd. Right. Um, prosecutors believe that Hupp told Gumpenberger that she wanted him to help her reenact a 911 call. Right. And so listen to this call. 
I mean, it sounds like she wrote a whole script for it. Yeah. So let's play it. It's only like a minute. All right. 're trying to do like an amateur radio play and like yeah, nine, yeah. it doesn't even sound like a real cry for help hell yeah because you know when you listen to those real 911 calls yeah people are screaming yeah or they're really scared she's like help yeah. help and then you and could, he's like you hitting hear a him. book against the yeah, table like, or something <laughs> yeah yeah so wait I, I think there's a little bit more that's it, it oh that's it all, all right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he spoke in the beginning he's like hold on I want to hear that part yeah, where play he that part again, again. All right. Bye, Hey, hello, there's someone broken in my house. Help! What's the address you're at? Hello? Woman, can you give me a woman to your wife? No, I'm not getting in the car with you. No, wait, wait, wait. He goes, woman? I didn't... What did he say? <laughs> I don't know. You're better at hearing these things Let's, let's say it one more time. All right, all right. Let's hear it I, one I, more time. Help! Help! What's the address you're at? Hello? She obviously wrote that down for him. Yeah. It's like, Woman, you got, you got a good schedule, lover. He sounds like, Woman, are you going to get a knife? Mm-hmm. I, I can't even understand what yeah. he's saying. Anyway, it just sounds so fake. Yeah. The investigators immediately were like, okay, come on. Uh, she also, How many pudding cups do you think he got for doing that? For our, at least four. Yeah, at least four. I think so. And a lunchable. Yeah. Uh, she also stabbed herself in the neck and arms after yeah. the after her arrest using a pen, uh, which uh, they called evidence of consciousness of guilt. Okay. I don't know what she was trying to do here. Okay, yeah. So prosecutors claim that Hook cooked up a scheme in an attempt to smear Russell Feria. Russell Feria was convicted of murdering his wife Betsy in their home. Uh, which is like outside of Troy, Missouri. But that conviction was overturned and made questions about the conduct of his trial. Um, also, his lawyers weren't allowed to, to blame Hupp for the murder. Hupp was the last person known to have seen Feria, Betsy Feria, the guy's wife, alive. Who's Hupp again? Hupp is the woman who's going to jail. Oh, She's okay, the one that okay. killed the yeah. Rotundo. Uh, she mm. changed her story about the night of the murder several times. Mm. And she was also the primary beneficiary of uh, Betsy Feria's insurance policy. How is that? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird. Not even her husband. makes no sense. The whole thing is weird. So Russell Ferrier was acquitted of the murder at a 2015 uh, retrial, and he has since sued the prosecutors and investigators that worked on the case. How long did he spend in prison? Probably not very long. I think it was, well, let's see. She was murdered in 2011, so four years. (laughs) And he sued. And so there's no discussion in court when she admitted her guilt to killing the Rotundo. Yeah. Um, I wonder if there's the whole, like, the fugitive thing. Where it's like they're chasing him through like a fucking, you know, damn water like, tunnel. And it's like, 
I didn't kill my didn't wife. Kill it was the Rotundo hired by this woman who was hired by another Rotundo. And Tommy Lee Jones is like, I don't care. You know? And then he jumps, like, yeah, 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 he the jumps off the thing. Yeah. Uh, there is no discussion in court about the person who killed Betsy Ferrier and no discussion of the death of Hup's mother, who also died mysteriously in 2013. Jesus Christ. What they said was an accidental mm. fall. Right. Um, but they're reopening that investigation too. So there still hasn't been justice in Betsy's case. Um, and they're hoping to get that eventually. Is there some kind of weird John Wick network of Rotundo assassins? I think where they she have was... like hotels, they have their own hotels, they have their own phone services. I just think it's she's an assassin. Okay. Yeah. I just think she goes out, she's like yeah. a femme fatale. She just goes out and just murders everyone, then tries to blame it on the local Rotundos. Yeah. Which isn't a good, that's just not a good way to go. And then to try to get the Rotundo to read a script that you wrote for them. Yeah. They're not actors. Yeah. They don't know how to act they barely even know how to eat ring 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 hello john lumpenberger's <laughs> incommunicado <laughs> all right sure anyway yeah. what do you have here for the second story well i got a phony millionaire allegedly convinced teens to kill their developmentally challenged friend with promise of rich payday that, that headlines pretty much the entire story yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, leave a little room for imagination here. Jesus. Always be wary of a phony millionaire. Phony millionaire. I like the yeah. term phony. phony. I do too. Yeah. You don't hear it that often. You're a phony. Remember who wants to marry a millionaire? Oh, yeah. And it was like, he turns out like he was kind of a millionaire. Like once he like cracked over a million dollars for something, but he was like an idiot or something. And he <laughs> Who hosted was, that? Um, because it, it was like, well, before taxes, I kind of a. Yeah. I don't remember. It was some weirdo. I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I remember, what what was the show that Regis hosted? Is that who wants that was to who be wants to be be a million? Be a millionaire. Be a, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wants to be Both a million. Quality programming there. Yes. Yeah. The quality programming. Look, we've right. moved a lot. We've moved on a lot since then. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah reality shows really. Uh, yeah. Risen the ranks. Yeah, farm, farm crimes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Three Alaska teens charged Tuesday with the murder of Cynthia Hoffman, allegedly killed the 19-year-old earlier this month as part of an elaborate scheme to cash in on a $9 million offer that didn't really exist from an Indiana man who merely pretended to be a multimillionaire. You know, this is a cautionary tale. This is like why parents should keep their kids off the internet. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't be allowed to be on the internet until you're over 18. You done goofed, parents. That's right. And it's like, well, how did you know he's in the... He had a monocle. Yeah, he and he wore monocle. one of them top hats. And his <laughs> coat had some, some tails on it. I just knew he was going to give me $9 million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. He also gave me this get-out-of-jail-free card. Uh, investigators believe Darren Schillmiller, 21, posed as a millionaire named Tyler all right, online and offered 18-year-old Denali Bremer $9 million or more to rape and murder someone in Alaska. Just anyone, not, not just rape and murder I, someone and I'll give look, you $9 million. Look, I know as much as you do at this point, all right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Bremer is accused of then recruiting four of her friends to kill the targeted teen. 
19-year-old Cynthia Cece Hoffman. God, they huff a lot of spray paint in Alaska, they do. don't they? Yeah. Although this is, no, wait. Yeah, this is in Alaska there. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they have to. Yeah. You know? I, I just, I don't get it how one of them was just like, mm. is he really a millionaire mm. <laughs> before they go and kill somebody? Here, let's look him up <laughs> like, on the let's internet. Let's question it. Yeah. Maybe we check yeah. out his Facebook My page. name is Tyler. What's your last name? <laughs> I don't ha- I don't have a last name. Wow, he must be rich. He doesn't oh, even yeah. have a last name. Yeah. <laughs> like Beyonce. Um she was found dead June 2nd in the Eklutna River, bound mm. with duct tape. She had been shot in the back of the head. Mm. Bremer was supposed to send photos and videos of the killing back to Shill Miller. This guy's Bre- doing it for the lulls. Yeah. Bremer uh trollface. Bremer has been charged with first-degree murder for Hoffman's death. Her friends, Caden McIntosh, 16, Caleb Leyland, 19, and two other teens whose names haven't been released because of their ages. I don't know why the 16-year-old's name is there, but whatever, are accused of conspiring with her. The teens told police each of them was supposed to receive a share of Shill Miller's <laughs> promised reward for He's their role in the killing. He's going to give me a million dollars. Yeah. Split oh, up hot that bang! Bounty. I'm getting a million dollars. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so um, you remember that song? I wanna be rich. I want money. Lots and lots of money. Do you remember that song? I kind of yeah. It was like in the nineties. I wanna. I'm gonna look that up to see who sang that song. Okay. Maybe we'll end the show with it. All right. <laughs> Dedicated to Denali. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. So Hoffman's family said that um, Cynthia was vulnerable and that because of a developmental disability, she was intellectually about twelve. Her disability just made her want to have friends, her father said. That's all she wanted was just to be her friend. God, Pro- so your, yeah. your, your uh, article here also involves a rotundo. It's like a theme of this week's show. It's a theme of every show. It's a right? theme of every show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Podcast yeah. by and for rotundos. Yes. Yes. Prosecutors say the plan was initiated by Darren Schillmiller, an Indiana man who presented himself as a young millionaire named Tyler, who purportedly lived in Kansas. Police say he used a fake photo to begin an online relationship with Bremer. He does not look like the young man he portrayed himself to look like. He is not a millionaire, and he lives in Indiana. Wow, he's a straight-up catfish. Yep. Uh, a motive is unclear. But the murder does appear to have links to child porn allegations against Shill Miller, who was also accused of directing Bremer to record the sexual exploitation of other girls. Jesus, wow. he's doing, doing a lot of do well here. Yeah, my God. Good Lord. So, wait, how old is Bremer? Bremer oh, like Bremer's 21, 18. or wasn't he? Bremer's 18. Oh, Bremer's 18. So this, yeah. this the fake mm. millionaire here... Mm. is uh, 21. Yeah. You know, the song's called I Want to Be Rich. It's by Callaway. <laughs> oh, yeah. sure. Here's the chorus. Okay. I want, you see, I want money. Lots and lots of money. I want the pie in the sky. Oh. <laughs> I want to be rich. Oh, we'll, we'll play that. We'll play at the end. Okay. It's a, it's a gem of a song. Is there a Moon Man version we can play instead? Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he was arrested on child pornography charges. He is charged with production of visual depiction of minors in, of, in sexually explicit conduct and attempted receipt of those depictions. 
God. Yeah. He's a very charismatic individual can convince this idiot online to go kill kill someone and rape inf- rape like toddlers. Apparently. Uh, in a criminal complaint, FBI agent Jessica High said Bremer told police that she and McIntosh accompanied Hoffman to the popular trail and planned to take photos of each other tied up. At some point, police said, McIntosh took a gun from Bremer, shot Hoffman, and pushed her into the river. Jesus Christ. Man. Uh, Bremer and McIntosh then drove to a park, called Hoffman's family, and said they were dropping her off at the park. That, that's the alibi there. Yeah. We're going to... Okay. Yeah. How developmentally disabled do you think this chick is? They Maybe said she, she has friends. Intellectually 12. Oh, wow. God, yeah. it's terrible. Yeah. So they probably got her to do all sorts of shit. But it's like they knew the parents knew where she was, she, who she was with. So it's like, what? how did they expect to? Yeah. Like, how are they going to get? Well, Jesus I guess Christ. with nine million dollars, they're probably going to go to like South America or something. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> with the nine mil. Just hop on the ferry to Russia. Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Buy a plane. Yeah. Um, dropping her off at the park. They went to another park and burned uh, Hoffman's purse and other items and the gun used in the shooting. They burned the gun. Used, okay, burned, sure. Why not throw the gun in the river? Or bury well, it or river something. river can be dragged, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. guess I'd bury it. Yeah, you got to bury it. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, why not just bury the rotundo as well? While you're at it. It's hard. I guess, you know? I, but I mean, you got four yeah. people doing. Yeah. Don't, I don't think we're dealing with Rhodes Scholars here. No, I don't. I don't think yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah. When, when when was this? When did they do this? Let's is see. Here. Recent is it or no? Is it? No, I'm just curious ago, if yeah. it was winter or or not. Oh, like you know, season. Yeah. Because if it's fucking in winter, you can't fucking bury somebody in Alaska. You yeah, know. That's true. So, look at me knowing things. Feeder to the wolves. Uh, yeah. Uh yeah, bears. You know, yeah, there's they bears. love it. They love that shit. Um, so uh, Macintosh is a, charged as an adult with first degree murder and evidence tampering. During a search of Bremer's phone, police reported finding sexually explicit photos and text messages to Shill Miller discussing them. Bremer is also uh, wait. Where did? Do you sorry, think she was? Do you think uh, Bremer was severely disappointed when the FBI? Uh, confirmed that he is not a millionaire and it's just some 21 year old idiot who lives in his mom's basement in Kansas she was like man I feel like such a dumbass now like this is like this do you ever watch the show catfish you know I never have seen it but I'm familiar with it oh it's it's a great show you should watch it but it's always because it's like you know romantic relationships and the reveal at the end is great because some people are just like really disappointed some people cry or other people want to fight like fight the person so you never know how they're going to react i'm thinking she cried when she realized that that she's not going to get nine million dollars and she just murdered her friend dude i'm looking at i'm looking at uh pictures of of jesus i'm looking at pictures of denali bremer and i don't know she look she's got really weird hair like she looks kind of like Ricky Schroeder from Silver Spoons. <laughs> Silver Spoons. 
yeah. what is it like short hair it, it kind of looks like it's, it's like blonde it's like she's got like donald trump hair but it's at a weird angle it's like a it's it is not at uniform. a weird angle yeah 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 it's she's like new wave donald trump she's new wave donald <laughs> trump new wave donald trump <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right and then the other guy Caden McIntosh my god he does not look uh, oof you know he has fetal alcohol syndrome he's, he's got all sorts Something. of syndrome <laughs> yeah mom eyes smoked a little a, too spread far Ma, too, mom too smoked far. a lot of cools man yeah. just so many cools <laughs> you know what I'm saying drank so, a lot of malt liquor while pregnant I, yeah 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 but, Anyway, uh, Bremer allegedly told police she shot video of a girl who was eight or nine and another who's 15 and sent them to Shill Miller. Uh, in interviews, she referred to him as Tyler from Kansas. You know what the weird thing is, though? Like, I feel like the line between this and, like, fucking weird YouTube stars is so thin, you know? Yeah, no, that's the thing. I really, I really believe that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. That's, that's what I don't understand. I guess this guy's kind of a, a devious... Uh, twat here but I'm surprised he didn't just start a YouTube channel rather than trying to I guess he probably he probably could start a YouTube channel of him catfishing these teens in Alaska right I'd watch it <laughs> yeah I would too you know hey um, beep 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 Shill Miller who was arrested in Indiana and is awaiting extradition to Alaska admitted to authorities that Bremer communicated with him during the murder sending him snapchat photographs and videos of the killing apparently including images of Hoffman bound he also told officials that after the murder he and Bremer discussed another murder but nothing ever came of it Shill Miller did uh, ad admit to blackmailing Bremer into raping people god yeah god, this guy why isn't he charged with like murder or like yeah I don't know or conspiracy to commit murder or something okay. he's got to yeah. be charged with something yeah. We charged with they, child porn, I guess. They but, charged I mean, Manson with murder, you know? Yeah, this guy, man. Yeah. All the defendants face murder charges, conspiracy to... Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Conspiracy to commit murder charges, but Shill Miller and Bremer also face a charge for solicitation to commit murder. Jesus. Bremer and McIntosh were indicted for tampering with evidence. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Bremer yeah. is represented by the public defender, so she's going to... She's going to do great. Uh, it has a policy of not commenting. Bippity-boo. Hoffman um, worked in restaurants, but truly enjoyed being her dad's right-hand man in his handyman business. Well, did you hear about this? Speaking of her dad, I saw a, a follow-up article where the dad, uh, who was really close to his daughter, um, wrote a poem called The Nightmare in My Head that he did, describing his anguish after learning the details of the murder. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a quick line. He goes... Are we going to make fun of... Well, hold on. No, no, I'm, make, not, I'm not going to make fun of... Okay. I'm just going to read one line from it. Jesus Christ. Okay, My daughter hung on. out with somebody she thought with her best friend and thought she was having fun. Um, he went on to describe the now horrific ordeal he imagines his head. He's like playing out the entire thing, including mm. his daughter being convinced to be duct tape, panicking, and getting shot through the head. And he writes, my daughter yells, daddy. And my, it's, it's really bad. <laughs> you can go check it out on Facebook, but it's... But it, it's pretty terrible. He's like in detail about the yeah. murder. Like he replays the entire murder as he sees it in his head and wrote a whole poem on his Facebook page. Wow. Yeah. It's well, it's pretty terrible. That sucks. Yeah, it's you know? tragic. Yeah. God. 
Um, yeah, and the daughter, you know, his daughter was was uh, you know, no, she's like uh, an attractive innocent, girl. Yeah, an yeah. innocent, attractive yeah. girl. It's just, yeah, but yeah. it sucks that she is like the intellectual, you know, the intellect of a twelve-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's not man. Yeah. God. Yeah. Keep, uh, parents should keep their kids off the internet. They really, really should. And and I mean, my God, this fucking uh, guy, Shill Miller. You look at a picture of him. What does he look like? He, oh, man, he looks like like it's hard to be like. Oh, what does a twenty-one-year-old pedophile look like? He looks like this guy, okay? And like he, he like he's, he, kind he's, of fat, he's just balding. a big, fat, weird-looking dude. And he looks like like if he had a nickname, it would be Mongo, okay? <laughs> That's the, what he looks like. The thing, the thing I don't get, it's like I don't understand why can't you just go to Pornhub and jack off to your fucking whatever. Fortnite incest porn and be done with it why do you yeah. have to like make up an elaborate hoax get someone to rape an eight-year-old and then murder a rotundo and that's how you get off i yeah i just don't understand like how you get to that point mm. but yeah this guy should definitely be charged with murder <laughs> there's there's a there's a there's a uh oh man this article on the toronto sun uh talks about him Bremer spent a lot of time on the computer connected with an Indiana man named Darren Schillmiller. Online, losers like Schillmiller can be six foot four, handsome, and wealthy, not some bum whiling his days away in mom's basement. <laughs> he wasn't the basement dwelling oaf in his digital fantasy world. Oh no, he was a rock star. <laughs> that's, a, that's a classic catfish. After yeah. like six seasons of that show, I seriously think people need to wise up. Mm -hmm. It's like you don't believe if some someone says they're a millionaire on the internet and shows you a picture of like Brad Pitt, it's probably yes. not Brad Pitt because he's not going to be talking. He probably doesn't look like that. He's probably not going to be talking to you. He looks like the guy from Head of the Class that later went on to become a successful TV producer and a and a pedophile who Dennis raped London. Yeah, who who raped uh, Amanda Bynes and made her crazy. Oh yeah, that guy did because he, he was a yeah. producer. Yeah, he and looks I, exactly like him. Yeah, it's Dan Schneider. That's his name. You know, yeah. that guy is the yeah. classic, like, basement-dwelling, um, yeah. you know, internet troll. Like, yeah, that that's exactly kind of what I pictured this guy to look like. Well, yeah, yeah hopefully he gets charged with murder and uh, in prison his cellmates are aware I, of why he's I, there. I hope he didn't molest iCarly because he <laughs> produced that show, too. Did he? He produced yeah. that one, too? Yeah, he produced. What, like, what happened to that guy? Is he in prison now? He, no, oddly enough, he's got like he got fired, so I don't think he has a career to speak of anymore. He just hangs out um, with Harvey Weinstein, probably. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the fuck. That is now. What was that '80s movie that he was in that was great? Better off dead. I don't know. Did you ever see that one? It's a. It's he, oh yeah. Wait, yeah. he was in. I forget who and else John was Cusack, in that. He was in yeah, that? John Cusack. It was Better oh. Off Dead, and he played like a foreign exchange student. But it was a great movie. Yeah. Okay. And Booger's like snorting snow because he wants to do cocaine. That's yeah. the only thing I remember about that movie. <laughs> do you remember? It's, it's do you remember um, one Mike One Crazy Summer? Yeah, I haven't seen that in a With long Bobcat time. Bobcat Goldwaith and no, he's yeah, like Bobcat stuff Goldwaith like Godzilla. That. Yeah, that was one of my favorite movies as a kid. That and Summer School. You ever see that one? Summer School. I don't think I ever. See, I don't think I ever saw that. Yeah, that was a good one. You know which one I liked a lot was what? Night Shift. Did you ever see that? I don't know. With don't Henry so. Re Henry Winkler, I thought that movie. No, well, first of all, it. there's a lot of nudity, a lot of a lot of titties. Right. But it right. was about a 
Henry Winkler and his buddy, I can't think of who mm. the other guy was. I want to say Willie Ames. But mm. they were like morgue workers in the city morgue. And they decided to have like an after hours, make it an after hours party spot mm. in the morgue and charge people admission to come in. And they had like a bar. I thought that was the coolest thing when I was a kid. I was like, God, I want to do that. Yeah. Like party at the morgue with yeah. uh, the Fonz. I thought it was the coolest thing. It's called Night Shift. It's good. It's a good movie. Yeah, Dick oh, Schneider basically controlled like most, like a large chunk of Nickelodeon's programming for 20 years. He was an executive producer on like every show you could imagine. God, he probably molested a lot he of Molested kids. Everybody. everybody. Even Keenan and Kel, probably. Oh, yeah. You know? Good Jesus burger. Christ. Man. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right, people, send your story. Sigrun Podcast at uh, gmail.com. We got phone calls coming up next. Before we get to that, though, uh, here's a word from Adam and Eve. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So we've got a few phone calls to get to. 323-522-4032 is that number. Um, been getting a lot of good calls recently, so uh, we appreciate that. Um, you, know, you know who called us? We, we haven't heard from in a long time. Flint oh. nigga. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's been a while. I think, I think we were speculating that he might have uh, gone to prison. I always think that when, like, you know, like Ninja Face and, uh, yeah. uh, the, and uh, Flint nigga, that when they don't call us, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like uh, they're probably in prison for drug trafficking or racketeering. Racketeering, <laughs> Racketeering. Yeah. Racketeering um, is what the federal government charges you with when they can't make a real charge stick. Yeah. Racketo- racketeering or... or that's what they like, charge mobsters honestly, with. Honestly, obstruction of justice is kind of bullshit, too. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you... Because all they've... Or like, you know, um, wire fraud or whatever. So it's like, oh, we can't get you, but you lied to this one guy. So, boom. So we got yeah we have to we have to charge you with something yeah, yeah. that's what they always get mobsters with racketeering yeah. well right. let's see uh, let's see what's up with Flint nigga hey yo in death this Flint nigga Just giving you motherfuckers a call I got worried there man I thought thought maybe you guys got taken down like Mike Boudet. Like who? Mike Ledet? Who the Mike fuck is Ledet. that? I don't well, know. I, yeah. I, I, we don't get your references, Flint Ninja. <laughs> the sorry. government took us down. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, man. It's a, we had a problem with the RSS feed. They're, uh, like, like Mike Ledet. I don't know who Mike Ledet is. Mm. But do, you remember, do you remember? I was thinking about this the other day, not to change the topic, but do you remember who Tom Likas is? Um... No. Tom Likas. He might have been before, uh, it was definitely probably before your time in L.A., but he was a, a hugely successful L.A. radio star that kind of like his whole thing was, he was kind of just like a fat guy, always wore sunglasses, fancied himself a shock jock, but pretty much was like his whole thing is would talk about like how to score with ladies. Mm. And that was his whole thing. I don't know what ever happened to him, but mm. he was like um, probably the biggest radio DJ in LA for mm. years, like even throughout the aughts. 
And then now, I don't know, maybe he probably has a podcast, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, something. <laughs> well, anyway. What does it make you think of this guy? I don't know. I, th- okay, I, th- I right. think at first I was thinking of Tom Likas, and I was like, uh, yeah, his show is terrible. I think he's mm. probably an MRA guy. Sword right. and Scale. Oh, wow. Glad to hear you still there. Wait, Sword and Scale? Is that the guy who, uh, is Mike Lede the, the host of Sword and Scale? Does he think that he's calling into Sword and Scale? I think that might be what's happening. No, I think he said he thought we got taken down uh-huh. like Mike Lede from Sword and Scale. Did Sword and Scale get taken down? Oh, it did. It did? For what? Wow. Huh, look at that. What happened? Wow, this guy's... This guy's like up on his podcast, yeah. Flint Ninja. He's probably got like a Blue Apron subscription. You know, he's got that mattress that they sell on. He's probably got a has Squarespace. No <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I should get, I should get a site on Squarespace. Um, okay, has been dropped by its network after a brigading mob successfully campaigned for it to be canceled. Wow. Um, for what? I thought you're a fan of that show, aren't you? I'm not a fan of it because the guy's voice, like. Puts I, me I never into like into a deep it. hibernation. Um, yeah, drones. But, okay, he posted. What the fuck? What the fuck, dude? Wait, wait, what happened to him? <laughs> he posted Mike Bidet. Great name, by the way. Uh, he posted <laughs> a, a, an Instagram joke, joke in quotes. This is like a joke that some of the people on our Facebook would find funny uh, on International Women's Day that said, I don't understand dumb cunts. Maybe I should take one apart to see how it works. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so what? He, he got some mob justice. Yeah, he did. So is the is the what, podcast, like what the fuck is why, that? What would possess him to? He do sounds that? like such a mild mannered person on that show. Like, I don't, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's like way out in left field here. That's crazy. And Jesus so his Christ. show is he got dropped by the network. Is his show is he still producing the show himself? Or is I don't it know. done? I I think it's done. Because because my 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 guess is like you know. When they, when they, probably when they brought him on a network, they probably bought the rights from him or something. Oh yeah, you know? for the show. God, that's my guess. So, wow, Mike yeah. Bidet, huh? Does he spell yeah. it like Bidet, like the B O U D E T? So, wow, I, yeah. I thought it was like the the bathroom yeah. device. <laughs> like what? What is his target audience for that? Jack the Ripper. Like what? I don't understand. What the fuck? I just don't. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm surprised that someone. Uh, what? Yeah, that does sound like something on our Facebook page, though. That, that honestly sounds hilarious. like if I like didn't like you and I hacked your Twitter, I would tweet something like that from your Twitter account. You know what I mean? Yeah, that doesn't, doesn't sound like something. It doesn't anyone sound would actually yeah. say. That's like, really weird. What in the fuck? I don't know, but that's it's amazing that he got taken down. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, uh, thanks, thanks, Flint Ninja, for keeping us uh, talent, you know, on top of the world of podcasting, which apparently we know nothing about. Yeah, apparently we're. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll get the market share of the mm. audience. But um, in, in reference to, to Flint Ninja saying that he was worried that we got taken down, you know, I don't think a mob. I don't even think. A mob would care enough about us if we said, no. if we posted something like that. So I don't, don't, no. don't worry about it. The mob doesn't know that we even exist. All right, that show was bigger than God. You know, yeah, it was like I think yeah. that guy was getting like mm. sixty to eighty thousand downloads a week. 
Yeah. I mean, it was a huge show. So, wow, that's crazy. Well, let's hope uh, the guys over at Last Podcast on the left post a similar Instagram joke. Apparently, it was the the lore guy, Peverly petitioned to take him down. It's like podcasting. Wow, rivalry. Cat fighting, yeah. Yeah, God, maybe that's what we need the to do. The lore guy also puts me to fucking sleep. They actually took him off the Amazon show as the narrator because he's so fucking boring you know yeah he's like a fucking Just value a drone yeah. yeah you know we should feud with the podcast we should we got to do it yeah let's let's, let's it. think about that let's All find right. a thing and we'll All do right. it get us okay. started guys yeah well thank you yeah. uh uh fun ninja for that yeah uh, that update in the podcasting world uh, show's been sound good man liking it Just had to call you guys uh, i was thinking about a, a story Back in the day, um, just thinking about just what really fucked my head up. And, man, this story popped in my head. I was uh, slanging, slanging some weed to these kids in my hood. They live right down the block. Now I okay. wanted, wanted weed and shit. This was a while ago. And uh, yeah, Do people still deal weed these days? I get. I mean, it's not legal in Michigan, right? I don't know. I think it is in Michigan. I think you can actually go buy it now in Michigan. But maybe what? like, yeah, Michigan. I've never uh, heard of that. Right. Yeah, I think in Michigan you can. I don't know if it's recreational. It's definitely medicinal, so you can go to like dispensaries. But I don't know if like in Missouri or Kentucky. So maybe they do have weed dealers there. Right. Yeah. Okay. So they call the dude call me and fucking. So I go over there. Take a walk, take a stroll down the block, fucking paged him. Give him some nickel bags, him and his boys, a bunch, bunch of young motherfuckers, you know. And uh, dudes like, do you remember that? I we used to. There's a guy that I worked with at Little Caesars. This is when I was like 16. I would yeah. just buy one joint from him, right? You know, maybe two, two for five. That's just funny that back then you, you know, you only had like ten bucks, so you'd buy like a dime bag. Yeah. Like, whereas sure. now, it's, I couldn't imagine doing that now. But, yeah, that's kind of funny. And if you got caught with, like, a you know a, a backpack full of dime bags, you were fucked back then. Were, so. were you? Uh, oh, yeah. You, mm-hmm. I think it was, like, a big deal. Like, if you had a... Because mm-hmm. I think it's because it's dis- distribution if they're split up. But if you just had one bag, like, an ounce, it wasn't as big of a deal. Yeah, I get, and it depends on where you are. Like, if you're in a big city and you get arrested, they don't give a shit. Yeah, like in New York they, or Chicago, they just take it. Yeah. 16. Fucking. So we get fucked up, smoke a couple blondes, drinking, all that shit. And then they're like, yeah, let's play this game. You know, let's play this motherfucking game. Like, I don't know what the fuck these young motherfuckers are talking about. But next thing you know, fucking lights out. Well, we first we was hanging out in the garage and shit. We go, they're like, yeah, you gotta check this out. So, go in the house in this room, bedroom, big room, fucking like, couple beds, couple couches and shit. What the fuck? So, next thing you know, wait a second. So, he deals some weed to these young kids. Did he say this was back in the day? Yeah, this is is back when he was like 16. So he deals weed to these Mm -hmm. young kids in the hood. And I'm thinking young kids, what, like 15, 16? something like that. And uh, they go back. They're like, let's play a game. And so Mm -hmm. they go to someone's house. 
and there's mm-hmm. a huge room with a bunch of beds. Okay. That's what's going on right now? Am, am I following something, you correctly? Something like that. Yeah, okay. I think so. All right. They shut, shut the lights off. I'm like, what the fuck? And people, you can see, like, shadow figures walking, moving around, you know. I'm like, what? Everybody starts hooking up, man. You can't see shit. Like, who knows who with who. It's just, like, pass around shit. Fucked up. Sounds like some Harris type shit. And the most, what was fucked, though, everything was cool. Like, yeah, it's fucked up, but the dude who, who uh, he lived there, his parents were gone, 16-year-old kid. His fucking sister was there. She's like 13, man, getting passed around with this with this shit. So, yeah, I, well, I had to get the fuck, I snuck the fuck out of there, man. He makes a hasty exit. Maybe he wasn't 16. No, he said he was. I think he said he was 16. Maybe, well, maybe if, no, 60, if you're 16, you can technically legally fuck a 13 year old. You know? Yeah, isn't it? What's it called? The Romeo and Juliet law, right? I don't know if there's a law. I'm saying you can. I think. I think, I think there. Yeah, I think there's a law like if you're it's called the Romeo and Juliet law Probably if you're close enough in but, age. You know. But yeah, but isn't that yeah. that's that's bizarre. So I'd like to know the clam to ham ratio here in this room. Yes. Cuz that, that that would be I'm curious about that, but yeah, that's weird. I thought I'd like first, to know how many bed bugs were involved. <laughs> Yeah, how much herpes yeah. was going around. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, First, when you said lights out, I thought they were going to play that game that they play where they choke each other till they pass out. Haven't you heard of that? Yeah, I, when, he th- when he said lights out, I thought he was like a narrator in a detective novel. <laughs> like, and then it was lights out. I woke up 12 hours later in a daze. I just, my like, my yeah. gun was gone, but I still had my hat. Like Mike I Hammer. went downtown to get some answers. I, I don't know. I thought that's this where it was I, lights that's out what I for me. Yeah, bucko. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought when he said lights out, it was like they're gonna yeah. like punch each other in the face or something to knock each other out or choke you till you pass out, and that's called lights right. out. Right. I, I did not think it was gonna be like an orgy with the lights literally turned off. I did like the the fact that he was like, but the shadow figures. It's like. Ugh. it's like all i could see were the shadow figures it's like you had some really good weed there flint ninja (laughs) um he calls back i think i I saw that on the the latest season of twin peaks (laughs) (laughs) in a room full of miners with the shadow people it's like cannibal fucking radioactive hobos or whatever from the fucking (laughs) shadow realm um here's part two yeah, this one nigga getting yeah, man. So I got cut off talking my, my motherfucking ass off again, uh, But uh yeah, just wanna share my little fucking story, but uh I also was wondering, Harrison, you gotta go visit that chick that fucking lives in a car and shits in a bag and all that, man. I love that story. I wanna I wanna hear more on her. Go go visit that bitch. All right, man. Peace. Yeah, what's up with her these days? She lives right near where you used to live. 
Oh, does she? She has yeah. an apartment? She has a huge fucking apartment on, on Harvard. Yeah. Well, the thing is that people don't realize is like she's like yeah. a trust funder. I mean, she comes from a lot of money, but she chose to live in shit she chose in her to car. Live. Yeah, yeah. Well, she doesn't have a lot of money, but she fucks rich guys, you know? I thought her family had money. Well, they, they don't, don't give her. They don't. Oh, give they don't. Her. Give they her do. Money. Oh, they yeah. do. They she comes for money, but they yeah, have money. She, yeah, yeah. They she don't give it to her money. because yeah. they're not stupid. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> and, yeah, and she also sleeps with a lot of uh, wealthy men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. No, I mean, you know, she's doing much better. Believe me. Yeah, that uh, was that was one of my favorite stories when you like visited her in her car slash home outside of Echo Park and then you guys were like grilling steaks or hamburgers or something. Salmon. Like, salmon. <laughs> you were grilling salmon just on a like a grill at the park. She had a whole setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did she actually show you the Tupperware container with the turd? No, no. That that because she she I forget if the if the Tupperware was before or after the diapers. I don't remember. Um, yeah, she at that point, she too. was using the diapers because remember that was she had the bloody diaper at that time. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the yeah. diaper. But yeah. then I just remember it was my favorite Instagram yeah. page, which I think yeah. she got. I think she was deleted from Instagram or something. I think they took the page the down. Instagram deleted it. Yeah, yeah. But it was it, great. Her page, she would just be like, "Look yeah. what I made," and just open up the Tupperware, and there's like yeah. a turd in it. Yeah. And it was just like, <laughs> and she, the funniest thing about it is she was like really prolific. I mean, she probably had hundreds of posts, but oh, yeah. maybe like, I don't know, a hundred followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really just a bizarre, bizarre thing. What, so have you talked to her? Are you guys, or you guys are on the outs, right? No, we were. Now we're talking again. Oh, you're back. Okay. All right, yeah. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember we saw her show in, uh, in Edinburgh. We did. Yeah. yeah. She's been doing a lot of stand up. She does stand up these days. There's a lot of stand up, yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Did she do stand up? Like at the voices? Com- I told you, I wanted to go see her. She's at the, like the comedy store sometimes. You know? Oh, crazy. Yeah. I have to go check that out. It's a weird world. <laughs> All right. Um, I bet you she would have been down for a, a lights out orgy. She'd Usually. Into it. You, yeah, I think so. Um, ne- next call here we have is uh, is from uh, that weird Arab guy. Remember that half Arab guy that called sure. in about boning his sister? A really realistic story. Yeah, I yeah, remember. Yeah. Well, here yeah. he, he calls back in with another story. I think this time about his father. Hello, D. Hello, Harrison. This is the half Arab dude again with the sleazy father and the fake sister. Uh, appreciate you guys playing my call. That really made my day. Went and told my therapist about it. Uh, since you guys had some speculation about my dad, I think I'll uh, describe him to you. There's a lot to tell, so I think I'm just going to rattle off everything I can remember until the three minutes are up. Uh, my dad was a Palestinian immigrant uh, from a village just outside of Jerusalem that originally started off as a refugee camp. And he was also an alcoholic, a chain smoker, and a sexual deviant. Uh, despite growing up in a Muslim family, I mean, he'd drink Miller High Life all damn day long. But, you know, the dudes from the mosque would come by, you know, and he'd be like, oh, salam, here's a donation. Uh, about the uh, ten kids by four different women, the first three were his first wife, and then he had four by my mother, and then he had about three that we know of with random fat women that he would cheat on my mom with. Uh Wow, this guy had some potent sperm. 
He kind of sounds a lot like my friend Jared's dad. Wow. Is he also Palestinian? Turkish. Turkish. Yeah. Wow, just like the bang fatties? Yeah, just like banging a lot of ladies in Rhode Island, alcoholic, crazy man. That that is kind of weird. Then you find out that you're like, wow, I have 14 half-siblings. Yeah. Which is always kind of odd. The one that was my fake sister, my dad was banging her mom back in the early 80s. Uh, he was actually banging her mom and her retarded-ass sister. Her sister was literally like a retarded crack smoker. Like, she'd be like, hey, I used to be your dad's main squeeze. I think she, uh, they said she flew off her bike and hit hit her head on a rock, and the rock actually went through the helmet. But I do find that kind of funny. My dad was fucking her mom, and then I later on ended up fucking her daughter. Yeah, that's great. Oh, he doesn't, wait, wait, doesn't whoa, whoa, discriminate whoa. here. Whoa, 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 whoa. That fake sister that he banged was the daughter of the crack-smoking uh, Rotundo? No, I think or the her fake sister. sister, or the half-sister he banged was was yeah. the daughter of the sister. Okay. But it sounds like this guy had a lot of, you know, children, illegitimate yeah. children. So sure. imagine uh, our half-Arab caller here could take his pick. Mm. No, really something to be proud of. Uh, then I, he, uh, had another kid with another fat woman in, uh, I believe 1985. He's currently serving a 20 year sentence for selling fentanyl to a girl. And you know, we know how that goes. Wait a second. His dad is currently serving a 20 year sentence for selling yeah, is fentanyl. That, is that what he said? Is that what he said? Right, I'm going to rewind it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I'm a little hungover today. So I'm kind of okay. slow. He uh, had another kid with another fat woman in, uh, I believe, 1985. He's currently serving a 20-year sentence for selling fentanyl to a girl. And, you know, we know how that... I think his father's deceased because he referred to him in the past tense. So this... this... I wonder if the girl died. That's why he got 20 years. Because if she didn't die, then my God, that's insane. Yeah, that's that's harsh. Yeah. And let's see... uh... Yeah, my dad owned several businesses in the early 90s. He Convenience stores, very stereotypical. But he kind of <laughs> fucked that all up when he started running an illegal slaughterhouse out of one of them. Jesus. And it was on the news and everything. Years yeah, later, kids in school were still giving me shit about it, calling me pig killer, cow killer, all kinds of shit. And the fucked up thing is, when I was about 13, I was we, we actually owned a, lived on a farm, and I was forced to actually start helping with his illegal butchering out of our garage. Oh, time's up. Guess I'll call you guys back for part two. Yeah. So uh... how hard is it to legitimately <laughs> have a slaughterhouse business? It can't be that hard. No, I mean, if you just if you have the animals, I imagine you could just do it in your backyard. Got to pass. Well, I mean, you got to pass health. You got to have a health thing if you're going to sell the meat, you know. Yeah, I guess you. I guess you have to. But I imagine a lot yeah. of people do it illegally. I know when uh, I remember in Oakland, my cousin was living in Oakland, and she just like she and her husband. I don't know why they couldn't just go to Ralph's or Safeway, but they just had like a chicken roost, and you know, in their or yeah, a chicken thing or coop or whatever in their backyard, yeah. and they would just go out, grab a chicken, cut its head off, and just have their own chicken. And they sold like you know chicken to their friends. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of like Puerto Ricans and Dominicans in New York do that, but also there's some Santeria reasons for that as well. So, 
Yeah, I guess it's kind yeah. of the. But I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder how difficult it is though, just to like run it, run it in the uh, in, in your like backyard or something. The mm-hmm. the weird thing is, yeah, I, I'm assuming this kid wasn't a vegetarian. He probably weren't mm-hmm. allowed to be a vegetarian. <laughs> I remember because when I was 10, that's when I became a vegetarian. I was, I was 10 years old. And my parents, well, actually, my mom made me go see a, the family psychiatrist. We, had a, we, had, we actually had a family. We, I guess he was a psychologist, Dr. Cowles, and talked to him about being a vegetarian. Because, at, you know, then, I, I think it was because of my age, but also, like, you know, in 1985, it was weird to be mm. a vegetarian. Now it's like totally normal. But I imagine this kid would probably have the shit beat out of him if he was like, Dad, I'm vegetarian now. I'm not going to kill that goat. You know who else was a vegetarian, David? <laughs> Adolf Hitler. <laughs> he would say that every day to me. That's great. Yeah. Um, all right, here's part two. Mm. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> uh, hey, it's... Uh... A uh, weird uh, Arab guy again. Uh, so back to my father when I was about. That is his nickname now. Weird yeah. Arab guy. I bet his dad sold Lucy's out of his store. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. You know, I remember in Chicago, there was a, a convenience store that was up the street, also owned by Palestinians. And they had a Lucy machine. Huh. Like you could just put in a quarter and turn it and get a, you know, either a Marlboro light or a parliament. I use it wow. all the time. Every time I walk by, I'd be like, sweet. Amazing. Lucy, yeah. 13, uh, we, well, we actually moved to the farm when I was about 11. But uh, rather than doing the illegal slaughterhouse out of his business at this point, uh, we started doing it out of the garage. And I was the unwilling apprentice. At the age of 13, my primary job was to hold down these animals while he would slit their throat. Jesus and Christ. And have random Arabs come into the house all day wanting to get this un- uninspected meat for whatever reason. I say love the fact that they got to join in. And- what? I don't even Is understand Isn't halal, that. They don't, I guess they don't care about halal. Well, it whatever, sounds like his right? dad just kind of didn't really care yeah. about any, you know, Islamic yeah. laws. Um, I just find it funny that they're just like, I guess I could go to a grocery store and buy meat that was inspected and certified, or I could go to this guy's garage. Like, why would you do that? Maybe it was just cheaper. Yeah. You know, get a deal. Something. And it, it was just, it, ter- it was terrible. It really fucked me up. Uh, I, I always loved animals. I still love animals. Uh, when we originally moved there, the animals were like my friends. You know, I named them all. I treated them like pets. <laughs> then I started noticing that my friends were disappearing. I'd occasionally stumble out upon their remains. Occasionally have to bury their remains. God, no wonder this guy goes to therapy. I really like this remake of Charlotte's Web. (laughs) (laughs) Animal Farm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm loving this. Mm. And, yeah, this shit went on for about five years. It was fucking terrible. I hate him for it. Uh, Even though he was supposed to be Muslim, that didn't stop him from occasionally butchering pigs for, like, Africans. Uh, The retarded thing is, though, he would try to butcher the pig in the halal method which means rather than shooting it, you slit its throat. And good luck holding down a pig to slit its throat. He had to tie it up by its back legs to where, to where its front hooves were barely touching the ground. He cut this thing halfway, almost completely to, almost compl- like halfway through the thing's neck. Jesus. And God, I just remember this, this thing just trying to run away with its front hooves barely touching the ground, just 
screeching and screeching. Oh, my God. When we moved from the house years later, there were still brown blood stains on the garage. Jesus. What did mm. your mom think of this? God. Yeah. His, da his dad was such like an alpha male, too. You know, going out and like banging like, all these fat yeah. broads and coming home and slaughtering pigs in the garage while drinking a high life. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Yeah. yeah, what what yeah, what did your mom think of this? This this is like it almost sounds like something Homer Simpson would do. You know, just start <laughs> start like an illegal butcher shop in the garage and then Marge would find out and she'd be like, Homie, you know, God. Or Mike Bidet. You yeah, know. Mike. I could see Mike Bidet doing this. <laughs> I love that last name. God, I hated my father. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, my mom. Uh, my mom was from an abusive family, so she just put up with all this shit. Okay, uh, all right. My mm. mom's from Long Island, New York. So you know, I got this mom with this thick New York New York accent, and then I get this have this sleazy ass Arab father. <laughs> I've gone on and on about the butchering to my therapist. I also have ADHD. I'm on Adderall and Lexapro. Hmm. And uh, I got some more stories about the fake sister. Uh, if you guys found this one interesting, I hope you don't doubt the authenticity. Uh, it's understandable if you do. You know, a lot of times the truth is stranger than fiction. But uh, keep it sick, keep it wrong. I want my nickname. Love you guys bye um i think i think your, i think his nickname is weird arab guy <laughs> yeah but uh jesus christ this guy rivals you as a psych as a psycho so i think he's got more issues than you do oh my god apparently mike bidet is back hosting sword and scale oh so it's back on but it's just not yeah, on that as network. Of like this month no like i guess they took him off it and then they just had somebody else host it for like fucking three months and then they're like, all right, time to come back. And he's like, hooray. Isn't that the way you do it, though? Like, you know, Aziz Ansari stopped doing stand-up for six months. Now he's back. I guess, but it's like... Like Louis C.K.'s trying What to the do... fuck with that... You know what I mean? <laughs> that joke, it's not a joke. Like, I, it's... I just don't understand why he would post something like that. Uh, apparently he's very against political correctness. I don't know. But I mean, that's not even a funny joke. It's just no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with these people. <laughs> and it's also just kind of weird. Yeah, it's like weird and and, and strangely like psychotic. I don't yeah, know. it's insane, man. Um, weird yeah. Arab guy. I, I think you're become fastly becoming one of my favorite callers. Yeah, I got to say, calls on this episode top notch. Yeah, top notch this week. That's that's why uh, Flint I, Ninja is a legend. You know, and weird Arab guy is becoming is quickly yeah. becoming his own his own so, legend here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird Arab guy. I would love to hear some more stories about your father. We're kind of like his surrogate therapist or something. Yes. Just like unleash here on the show. But yeah, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your father. God, right. like, did you guys ever have like father son talks? <laughs> what did he do? Did he ever take you to like, yeah, I wonder what, you, what he did for fun. Like, he, obviously, he probably didn't take you to a baseball game. He probably like. I don't know. Took you to like, yeah, the backyard to go pick out an animal to be butchered. Probably. With his friends, man, mm -hmm. yeah. No wonder this guy goes to therapy. Um, but yeah, it sounds like he had uh, some more fake sister stories too. I would like to hear it. 
Yes. Pretty uh, pretty fascinating. So thank you for that. Mm. And uh, I think Weird Arab Guy is your nickname. Uh, people can call the Sigron hotline at 323-522-4032. Uh, we got one email here from uh, Mitch in Queensland, Australia. He says, hey, fellas, just a heads up in relation to your tireless references to Foster's Lager whenever you mention Australia or Australians. And he writes in all caps, not since we won the America's Cup has any Australian imbibed a drop of Foster's fucking lager. It's a foul beer, almost as bad as Budweiser, so please no more mention of that blue death. Love the show, fellas. Keep it coming. All the best, Mitch. Um, Methinks the lady doth protest too much. I think he's mistaken. I don't think he really yeah. knows his country very well, but no. not like we do. He's out of touch with his yeah, own he's people. He's definitely out of touch with his own people. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I, I know several Aboriginal men who uh, tend to drink Fosters uh, on an hourly basis. That's so, right. Yeah. Um, and they're also very excited about Energizer batteries, all of them. <laughs> it's, it's, you know? a, it's a big deal over there. Yeah, they love it's it. It's a big deal. So, uh -huh. yeah, Mitch, I find it hard to believe that you guys don't drink Fosters because yes. do they have any other beer in Australia? I don't think so. Mm, no. Uh, but thanks, thanks for that. Uh, and uh, th thank you, uh, everybody, for subscribing to our Patreon page. You know, we've been posting a lot of uh, just random outtakes and random stuff there uh, recently. Mm. Uh, but yeah, but every week we do an extra story. We do a bunch of extra phone calls as well as, uh, you know, outtakes of the show. You know, it's funny because our outtakes now have become like kind of like Dean Harrison you know, shoot the shit about pop culture. <laughs> but I think yeah. we were talking about Swamp Thing this week. Yes. We do Swamp Thing and uh, that other Something. show that uh, Garth Ennis project oh yeah and some other thing we were talking about i so, forget something yeah. else but yeah, yeah you can hear us uh our, our pop culture commentary only on the patreon page right and, uh and i believe the story that we did this week was about a uh a guy who was training meth fuel to attack squirrels so that's right it's, it's a great place to go if you want to extend your sick and wrong entertainment for the week yes um, patreon.com slash sick and wrong uh, finally, here's Song of the Week is a band that uh, Harrison actually just introduced mm -hmm. to me. But I, uh, I know the original band, but I didn't know this, this, mm -hmm. uh, this band, uh, Pussy. Um, uh, they were like a, what, British psych rock, hard rock? Something you, like that. Prague yeah. rock? Uh, they're they're kind of glammy. They are kind of glammy. They're kind of like in that weird part where weird point in time when glam rock uh, split up into like, one it kind of went in one in a punk direction in one way and a disco in the other and this is kind of towards the punk side of glam yeah like that song feline mm. woman that they do is definitely very glam i like um what's my favorite song on that fucking album it's uh i like the song pig mansion that's the one i was gonna play oh yeah here. pig mansion is pig a good mansion. one and um, um uh man of this world is also good Take Me Home, I like, oh, too. Take Me Home yeah. is good, too. But yeah, uh, yeah. Pussy is uh, the creation of former members of the band Jerusalem, uh, which is uh, a great band. I didn't band. know that. I yeah, know those that. guys, huh. uh, when they, they folded Jerusalem, uh, they started uh, Pussy, and it was actually produced by a Deep Purple vocalist, Ian Gillen. I mm. think he kind of, I don't know if he convinced him to do to change her sound or whatever, but, but it's a go. great album. The album has been re-released on, like, Orange Vinyl, it's called Invasion, and I think it's just kind of like I don't think they, they even I don't think you can find the original LP. Anymore. No, you can't. But uh, but yeah, this reissue is great. It has all their songs on it. So we're gonna end the show here with Pig Mansion by the band Pussy. Great name for a band. Uh, people, we'll be back next week with episode six ninety three. Until then, take a sleazy.
one thing that God is not a given. So I'm going to give him that credit. D. Simon, here's to you, my my motherfucking Jewish friend. You are a good guy, and I have listened to you for years. I don't listen to podcasts. I literally do not listen to podcasts other than you. I tried to, and it's just really fucking irritating, which is kind of surprising because you are a Jewish sucking cock bitch. <laughs> 